Welcome to Pod. Welcome back in to TCM Pod. Chris Mathis, Spencer Mathis. Glad that you guys have uh, found us once again. If you've yet to subscribe, do that. Hit follow on all social media accounts at TCM underscore pod. Spencer, ready to rock and roll with his Young Harris College Mountain Lion beanie on today. Obviously a little bit cooler up there in North Georgia. I think it's like, uh, what, in the low 30s last I saw a couple of hours ago. So it's cold up there, man. Not as bad here, but for it being in Tampa and it being this time of year, it's a little bit chilly down here as well. No beanie weather for me, but you know things that are definitely going to warm us up is the fact that the NFL trade deadline has officially passed as, of course, of Tuesday. Some moves went down, but nothing too crazy as we saw days leading up to the trade deadline in which we saw the Eagles trade for Titans uh, safety, Kevin Bayard. But a couple of big moves here. Obviously, I think that one that really stood out was, or actually two, San Francisco trading a third-round draft pick for Chase Young there with the Washington Commanders. And then they also traded away their other pass rusher in uh, Sweat, Montez Sweat, who got traded to the Chicago Bears, which makes no sense why the Bears would be allegedly buying at the trade deadline. But Spence, overall thoughts uh, before we dive into specifics on the trade deadline this year, what you saw, takeaways, anything of that nature? Yeah, I like what I saw out of the 49ers getting Chase Young for a third round pick. Nick Bosa and Chase Young played at Ohio State together four or five years ago, and they were both, they're a great pass rusher combo. So to get Chase Young on a better team full of more stars, I think it's going to help him a lot. He already had six and a half sacks this year, which he's looked a lot better this year than he has in years past. Of course, he's been dealing with injuries for a lot of the years, but he's looked good this year. I think a, a third round pick is a great value for him. And obviously the 49ers are usually really good with their cap space with John Lynch as their GM. So they should be able to resign him. And then whatever, I don't know what the Bears were doing, trying to get Montez Sweat. It was a bad decision for them because, I mean, what they have one, one or two wins so far this season. They're not a team that's going to compete. And for them to trade away future draft capital is just a terrible decision. So I guess Matt Eber, Eberflus had a little bit of control over that. Maybe he gets one more year there somehow in Chicago because of the injuries um, to their quarterback, Justin Fields. But regardless, I think that's a terrible move by Chicago and uh, a waste of a draft pick. Yeah, obviously Chicago 2-6 and six this year. Not been pretty there. We saw him take on, we saw the Bears take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier in the season. Not much there. Uh, now, continuing with the trade talk, we saw Chase Young just rack up a third-round draft pick. That was the exchange for him, who, of course, has battled through some injury throughout his career, but there is still potential there. I think it was a great value trade for both sides, believe it or not. And the San Francisco 49ers needed more pass rush, more help up front on that defensive line, which sounds crazy, but they've lost a couple of games in a row now, and, and things are starting to get a little bit dicey. Not literally, but in terms of, hey, which Brock Purdy responds this week. Now, they aren't a bye week, so no worries there. Perfect time for Chase Young to get implemented and acclimated to this team as they are on a bye week this week, uh, which is a big deal. But also on the flip side, the Commanders, I think they're losers. I think Ron Rivera is a loser here because, they again, they traded away their two top pass rushers, and they're not looking so hot. Uh, and Ron Rivera is more than likely, I, I think, speaking of hot, I think he's the hot seat. I think he's on his way out after this season if he lasts that long because the commanders, they're, they're just not very good. They really aren't. Now, they do think they have a quarterback that is going to be there and and a guy that can help carry them and lead that team. However, they don't have much assets aside from that. They're 3-5 and five right now in the uh, NFC East, sitting behind the Eagles and the Cowboys. But any other losers or winners that come to mind for you, Spence, when it comes to the trade deadline? 
Yeah, I like what I saw out of the Eagles um, getting Kevin Byard. The Giants-Seahawks trade was interesting because the, the Giants traded away Leonard Williams for a second-round pick but ended up taking his entire salary for the rest of this year. So the Seahawks are paying a second-round pick and the, the veteran minimum to, to acquire one of the best run stoppers in the league in Leonard Williams, a very good uh, defensive tackle or defensive end, depending on your scheme. With Seattle, if they're going to run the 4-3, he'll be a DT, and whenever they run the 3-4, he'll be more of a, a defensive end. But he's a very good player. I think he's worth a second-round pick if you're trying to go all-in this year. And uh, Pete Carroll's in his last couple of years with Seattle. Obviously, they're a good team this year. They're 5-2. and two. But uh, I guess, obviously, he wants to go all-in because he's getting up there. He's one of the oldest coaches in the league. I think he's second behind Belichick. So for them to go all in with that, I think that's a good idea for them and, and to get him for the veteran minimum um, for the rest of the season for 10 more games of the year, I think is worth it for them. They're going to be a playoff team and uh, to have to have a better run stopper uh, or, or pass rusher in the playoffs is going to be huge for Seattle. And then on the, uh, the, the Eagle side with Kevin Byard, I think that was a great trade for them. Of course, they also offloaded uh, Edmonds, a terrible safety that they've been trying to get rid of, obviously. And, uh, I think that the Titans probably undersold on Kevin Byard because he's been a guy who is a ball hawk for the last five years now, ever since like 2018. He's been killing the league with interceptions. One year he had like eight interceptions. Last year I think he had five. So he's still got it back there as a free safety. And as you said in the last podcast, he's one of the best run um, stoppers in the league at safety. So very good trades for the Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks. And again, the Giants, a second-round pick for a guy that they probably wouldn't resign next year is pretty good. But at the and, same and a time, fifth, and a fifth in 2025. But at the same time, you've got to you've got to pay the rest of his salary for this year. So it may be worth it, it may not be. But either way, I think that's probably the biggest win-win trade of this deadline. Yeah, it's a big deal in Seattle. They also will get an additional third-round pick uh, that comes from the Denver Broncos and the Russell Russell, uh, Russell Wilson deal. So that way, they could afford to uh, part ways with that second-round pick in which they coughed up. For Leonard Williams, but yeah, a big deal there, obviously, for the Seattle Seahawks, a team that, you know, last year we saw some progress, some huge progress, made the playoffs this year. They looked to build off of that, and obviously last season with Geno Smith making his emergence, there was much more noise surrounding the Seattle Seahawks, but again, still very good coach team, a team with a lot of potential, and a team that's been there in the playoffs, look back at last year, so uh, they're kind of a sleeper, in my opinion. I still don't think they're getting the credit that they deserve, and I still would be worried to face them Come playoff time, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck out with at least one win here this postseason. Now, speaking of teams that did not make moves, the team that stayed pat was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans was uh, requested by the New York Jets. Now, allegedly this came out before the season. I don't know about necessarily at the deadline, but uh, there is something there regarding Mike Evans and his future, not only with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but with the NFL as well. Do you think Mike Evans is going to stay a Buccaneer? Obviously, uh, 30 years old now. He's going to have to get big-time money, whether you want to pay him that money or not. That's what he's going to seek. Nine consecutive 1,000-yard season. Looks to be 10 straight here once this season rounds out. Would you pay that guy if you were the Buccaneers right now, considering where they're at, they have to repay and sign? Tristan Wirfs to probably the largest contract for an offensive lineman in history. Also, Antoine Winfield Jr. will get paid big. Devin White, still a topic of conversation. Will the Buccaneers bring him back? A lot of question marks there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Me personally, I don't know value and at his age if, if that's going to help you win games if you bring back Mike Evans. I love the guy. He deserves it. But there is, there's definitely something away there, in my opinion, if you're Jason Light and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Yeah, it's going to be tough for the Buccaneers with the uh, contracts coming up from the 2020 draft class. Winfield, one of the best safeties in the league. And then also you have Tristan Wirfs, who is the best offensive tackle in the league right now with Trent Williams being out and his, his age going up there. So like you said, Wirfs is going to be the highest paid tackle in the league. Winfield's going to be up there with one of the highest paid safeties in the league. You definitely let Devin White walk this offseason. He hasn't shown one bit of anything so far this season. So that's going to help you a little bit. And again, you got to remember Mike Evans is 30 years old, so his contract isn't going to be that big because not going to be very many willing teams uh, to sign a guy that's that's wanting like $20 million as a 30-year-old receiver. I don't think it's going to happen. So hopefully Jason Light can get him. Jason Light can guarantee the money up front and uh, just do what, what he's been doing for the last three or four years in Tampa is just finagling the cap and doing a good job, keeping the Bucks' best players because – the Bucks would be smart to keep him. But he is a fan favorite in Tampa. They've done it with Levante David a couple of times now since he's gotten over 30. And I think it's time to, to sign Mike Evans to a two- or three-year deal and let him at least stay in Tampa for three more years. But again, if you're Mike Evans, you might want to go play for the New York Jets next year or the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's it's a odd, it's a bit of an odd situation for the Buccaneers, and you can't blame Devin, you can't blame uh Jason Light for wanting to keep Mike Evans again. Probably not a first-round pick being offered either, and you don't really want to take a second-round pick for a really good receiver that you know is the most consistent in the NFL each and every year. So not a bad decision to not trade him, but you got to really hope the Buccaneers can re-sign him because regardless of his age, he'll be 31 next year, but he's a huge part of the Buccaneers' offense each and every year, and I think he's got two or three more really good years left in him of at least being able to get 1,000 yards as an NFL receiver. Yeah, and again, you talk about Mike Evans and maybe going to seek elsewhere to chase the Super Bowl ring. The one thing that Tampa Bay, aside from him being a longtime Buccaneer and having his family here, a foundation here in Tampa Bay, is the fact that Mike Evans also already has a Super Bowl ring. So I don't know at that point how much that weighs into it. If you're a veteran, yes, you want to win. Yes, you want more rings. But you know, a lot of these guys, when they're in this contract situation, they're going to chase money. They're either just chasing the money or just chasing the ring, especially at the age of 30. But Mike Evans already has a wing, a ring. So do you feel like that really weighs into it? And, and do you think that Mike is willing to stay put and say maybe take a bit of a hometown discount? Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Obviously, the ring being three years ago, the Buccaneers' trajectory not really on the uppity up. Does he want to stay with one team for his whole career? Does he want to go to another team and get paid a little bit more money? It's going to all come down to what Mike Evans really wants out of where he wants to live. It's either going to be Tampa or it's going to be maybe even Kansas City. So I think he'd be a great fit with the Chiefs, and he'd probably go out there and win another Super Bowl, at least be able to compete with the Buccaneers next year. I'm not sure you're going to be able to be a competitive team. So it, the Buccaneers are in a bit of a weird situation that they haven't been in in about four years, ever since 2018 or 2019, that uh, a lot of these players are not going to be sticking around for that cheap amount of money because the Buccaneers don't have Tom Brady anymore. And whenever Tom Brady was the quarterback, you always had a chance to win the Super Bowl. And now – uh, the Buccaneers, I would say next year, have probably one of the lowest odds out of the 32 NFL teams to win it all. Yeah, I would agree with that. And they're kind of in a weird spot because I think roughly if the season were to, to end today, this is a rough guess, I'd say that they'd be a 13 to 15th overall pick type team right now. So you're not really going to get a superstar quarterback, in my opinion, uh, at that pick. And you do have so many holes to fill and so many question marks. The offensive line should definitely be a priority. But at the same time, you know, who's going to fall there? Who's going to be there? And will the Buccaneers bring back Baker Mayfield for another season? That's also another question mark that has yet to be answered. And we won't find that out until later in the offseason for sure. But right now, the Buccaneers, they're scuffling. They've lost three consecutive games. They take on the Houston Texans. 
And uh, you know what? They're going to uh, have to win this game. This is a must-win game here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday against a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, and D'Amico Ryans as well. So this is this is a big deal here for Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, on the flip side, before we make our picks for this week's NFL action, including tonight's uh, Tennessee Titans at Pittsburgh Steelers Thursday night football game, Josh McDaniels was fired there by the Las Vegas Raiders as well as the general manager, David Ziegler. And you know what, Josh McDaniels, I just don't think he gets another shot as a head coach in the NFL. The guy is just not good. His offenses are amongst the worst, at least when he's a head coach. With the Raiders, he struggled. The team was upset, as you can only imagine. Uh, Josh Jacobs frustrated. Devontae Adams clearly uh, frustrated on the sideline as well. Talk about this Josh McDaniel story. Obviously, I know you wanted to mention this and get into this and the firing midseason for the Las Vegas Raiders. This really is a damper for that team. Yeah, on Monday night, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was the most hated man in Vegas. So many missed incompletions, so many missed passes uh, looking for Devontae Adams, who probably could have gone for over 200 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Uh, Tuesday, same thing went. And then later that night, they fired Josh McDaniels. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is being uh, paraded around town right now for getting rid of a coach that they didn't want to deal with anymore. And also, Jimmy Garoppolo won't be the starting quarterback for the rest of this year. So it's going to be Aiden O'Connell at quarterback, a new um, interim head coach, which seemed to work at the beginning, at least for most teams, at least for Carolina last year with Steve Wilkes a couple of years ago. You know, whenever you put a defensive-minded coach or a linebacker coach that hasn't ever coached before, you're going to get the team a little bit more juice than if you were to have Mike McDaniels, who – obviously was was having a ton of issues in the locker room with his players. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one probably being Hunter Renfro. So Hunter Renfro should be free in the offense. O'Connell's the new quarterback, new GM as well. So they're fine with just swallowing the money that they had to spend on Jimmy G this offseason from Ziegler and just a terrible decision for them to sign that guy to a three-year deal in the first place, let alone um, make him the starting quarterback with really no competition at all. So Jimmy Garoppolo showed he doesn't have it anymore. Josh McDaniel showed that he doesn't have any more, and he lost the locker room and the GM. A lot of bad decisions for that GM, but a lot of bad decisions for the Raiders GMs in general over the last 10 years or so. John um, Gruden included. Yeah, even with John Gruden. He was a good coach, but again, he he kind of tore away that roster. He traded away a lot of players, got a lot of older players. Of course, he was um, the reason they got Max Crosby, which was a huge pick. But again, whenever he came in there, I mean, he, had the, he, he went from one of the – um, middle parts of the NFL in terms of roster age to the highest, the oldest roster in the league in his uh, third year. So Gruden, like the veterans, may have set them back just a little bit. But, I mean, of course, if John Gruden was still the head coach, if those emails would have never gone out, I, I'm sure the Raiders would have played a playoff game by now, at least another playoff game, probably last year with Derek Carr, and they probably would still have Carr at quarterback. Instead, uh, they got rid of Carr for for reasons um, – I mean, reasons unknown, if you're signing Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, that's a terrible decision. Should have just stuck with Derek Carr, as you say. As you can see, he's got the uh, New Orleans Saints at 4-4. Four and four. Of course, if Carr was the quarterback there, I think the Raiders are probably 4-4 four and four as well. So would have been would have been a wise decision for Ziegler to, to stick with Derek Carr instead. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. They thought he had something left in him. Josh McDaniels in that offense proved that he didn't. And uh, like you said, McDaniels is going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere if that uh, come next year. Probably going to take a year off. Uh, for an NFL team to, to try and sign him after after what he put out there with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, this year. I never, Yeah, I never thought I'd say this. I didn't know if Byron Leftwich had a shot to become an offensive coordinator in the NFL after the debacle he had with the Buccaneers, especially last season and Tom Brady's final year in the NFL. It was ugly. 
uh, the worst rushing attack. And then this year they match it with a new offensive coordinator. However, I never thought that Byron Leftwich would have a better shot to get an offensive coordinator job until McDaniels was fired. And now I'm thinking, man, you know what? I'd rather have Leftwich than McDaniels, that's for sure. Now, I know McDaniels typically a good offensive coordinator, but he spent a lot of that time and most of his success with Tom Brady. So who really was, you know, the reasoning for all that success there with New England? Yeah, I mean, everywhere you go, you see it's Brady with his success. Obviously, Bill Belichick, a great head coach, uh, but since Brady has left Belichick, he hasn't been the same guy. Of course, the Patriots roster has always been pretty bad in terms of receiving core. This year, it's a little bit better than, than it's been over the last couple of years, and the uh, the Patriots still stink. They're 2-6, and six, so... Everywhere Brady goes, he leaves a trail behind that shows you that he is the greatest of all time. And the coaches don't put it, don't uh, aren't as much of the factor because think of how many fourth quarter comebacks you had with Tom Brady as the quarterback whenever he's with the New England Patriots. The twenty-eight to three comeback was that great coaching or was that Tom Brady motivating the players, getting that defense to do some stuff, and Brady making the right reads? So Brady is obviously the factor for a, a lot of the Super Bowl wins that he has, maybe earlier on in his career. Uh, coaching and the players around him were were, were very good, but uh, Brady obviously was the uh, the puppeteer behind Josh McDaniels and his offense. We've seen that whenever he went to the Denver Broncos as a head coach, and now we see that um, as he's leaving the the Las Vegas Raiders uh, yesterday. Yeah, no doubt about it. Again, uh, crazy uh, cuts there in the NFL, if you will. A lot of moves. Nothing too spectacular, but I think that there were a lot of value trades at the trade deadline this year. Typically, there's a couple of moves. You're like, what? I think that this year, overall, some value moves across the boards. Now, uh, we're going to make our picks here. Lightning round of NFL pigskin pick them, if you will, as the Tennessee Titans take on the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight, Thursday night football. Steelers are, of course, the home team. And you look here, they're favorites, two and a half point favorites at home. Rookie quarterback, second game going up against the Steelers pass rush. I'm going to take uh, the Steelers in this game by three points. I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. I think that it might be a close game for the majority of the game, but I think late in the game, we'll see the Pittsburgh Steelers show out. They need to. I know that they've got a, a situation at quarterback, and there's a lot of questions there, but I am going to take the Steelers to win this game to cover the spread as well. Now we'll go to Sunday's game. We start off with uh, Sunday morning football and Frankfurt as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Miami Dolphins. This should be an exciting matchup. Maybe a high-scoring affair with a cup of coffee uh, and watching some football on Sunday morning. And we got the line here, Chiefs, one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Dolphins. I'm going to take the the Dolphins in this game. I like what I see out of the McDaniels offense. Um, not Josh McDaniels, but the good McDaniel offense. And I'll, I'll go with the, with, the, with the Dolphins in this one. I think a big game out of Tyreek Hill and a couple others. I'm going to go with the Chiefs simply because I think that they're they're built for this kind of stardom that they have and this kind of attention that they're going to get in Frankfurt. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs in this matchup. Also, Sunday afternoon, the Los Angeles Rams take on the Green Bay Packers. And looking here at the line for this game on Sunday, the Packers three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I believe that uh, Spencer might be muted over there. Check one. I'm going to take the Packers with the spread here. All right, I'm going to go with the Rams on the road to pull off an upset victory. The New England Patriots, they'll host the Washington Commanders. Patriots, three-and-a-half-point favorites, looking for their third win on the season. Commanders just traded away their uh, their defensive line. Yeah, Commanders are in trade-away mode right now. So give me the Patriots. Obviously, a two-and-six Patriots team isn't very good, but I'm going to go with Belichick over Ron Rivera in that game. I'm gonna go. 
Uh, As much as I hate to say it, yeah, I am going to have to go with the Patriots in that game at home. Patriots win their third game. They can't afford to lose this one on Sunday. The Arizona Cardinals play in Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns, a massive favorite, eight-point favorite over the Arizona Cardinals in this matchup. Yeah, the Browns have been the Browns have been all right this year. Their defense has kind of fallen off a little bit over the last couple of weeks, and the Cardinals are a team that's been playing close to a lot of teams, but they just traded away their starting quarterback to the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm going to have to go with the Cleveland Browns in this game, and I'll take the points as well. I'm going to go with Arizona against the spread, but Cleveland to win this game here on Sunday. The Chicago Bears play at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints also a big favorite over the Bears, eight and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, Saints in this game. I'm not. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Saints in the game, but give me the the spread uh, in in favor of the Chicago Bears. I don't think the Saints are, are gonna blow the Bears out of the water, even if Bagnet or Bagnet is the quarterback on Sunday. Yeah, I just don't know if their offense is capable of that. We've yet to see that. I know they have Kamara and Chris Olave, but I just don't know if they're capable of winning by more than a touchdown in this matchup. I do think the Saints win, but I'll take the Bears against the spread. The Seattle Seahawks take on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens, six-point favorites on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that'll be a good good game. I just don't think the Ravens are six-point favorites in in this game. Uh, Two teams that are above five wins, five and two with the the Seahawks, and I believe um, six and two with the Ravens. Six and two for the Ravens. So six points is a lot in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Ravens in this game, just based off of how Lamar Jackson has been playing, I think he's obviously the better quarterback in that matchup. But give me the Ravens, but not by six. Give me Seattle with the points. I'm going to go with the Ravens to cover the spread, win the game, of course, on Sunday. The Minnesota Vikings without Kirk Cousins, unfortunate injury last week, out for the year. I uh, loved watching that guy on the quarterback Netflix series, which was cool. But they take on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Now the Falcons, four-and-a-half-point favorites. They've got a quarterback change in Taylor Heineke. Yeah, first start of the year for Heineke. He looked good last week. I'm going to take Atlanta in this game with the Vikings starting that rookie quarterback uh, this week with Joshua Dobbs coming in and trying to learn the playbook within the next two weeks. Yeah, I'm going to go with that as well, I think. And I don't even know if Dobbs will start this week uh, against the Falcons, but I am going to take the Atlanta Falcons simply because of the Kirk Cousins injury and the question mark at quarterback for the Vikings. Give me the Falcons. The Indianapolis Colts take on the Panthers and Charlotte. The Panthers picked up a win last week over the Texans, the team that the Buccaneers will see. Shout out to Steven uh, with the win there for your Panthers. I know you're excited about that. The Colts, two-and-a-half-point road favorites, though, for your Panthers, Steven. And Spence, what do you got? Yeah, this will be a good game. I think it'll be close. I'm going to go with the Colts in this game uh, by over two-and-a-half points as well, but it should be within within seven or ten points. I'm uh, going to take the Colts as well on the road. I think it might be... Somewhat of a close game. Gardner Minshew will be fun to watch in this matchup. Give me the Colts. The New York Giants take on the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders have a new head coach. Former linebacker with the Giants, Pierce. The Raiders actually one and a half point favorites against his former team, the New York Giants. Yeah, like I said earlier, anytime you've got an interim head coach coming in, your players are more juiced up than the guy that they just fired. Obviously, a lot of the players probably didn't like McDaniels. Some of them may have, but that's probably a lot of the soft players. The defense is going to be fired up for their new head coach. And I think that they're going to be buzzing around, and the Giants' offense is absolutely abysmal. They had seven passing yards last week against the Jets. That game went into overtime. There was only five minutes left in that game. It was a, a terrible performance by them, so give me Max Crosby and the Raiders to move on to four and five. Well, I'm going to take the Giants on the road. Sounds crazy, but I think we might have a Jeff Saturday-like situation there, as we saw last year with the Colts. So it will be interesting to see how that shakes out for the Raiders here at home, but I'm taking the Giants. The Cowboys at the Eagles. The Eagles three-point favorites in this classic rivalry matchup on Sunday. 
Yeah, that's another good game. I'm going to take the Eagles in this one as well. Obviously, the Cowboys offense has been showing out, but their defense um, causes a lot of turnovers like it normally does, but also a good amount of points given up by the Cowboys defense in some of those games. I think they get 40-something to the 49ers, so Eagles have a high-flying offense. I'm going to take Philadelphia in this game. It should be a close one, and I'm going to give the Eagles the points. I think Jalen Hurts might be a bit banged up. He was asked about his knee earlier this week, walked away from the podium when asked about it. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I really am. And I think if you take away the tush push uh, this week, the Cowboys have a fair shot. And if Jalen Hurts has a banged up kneecap, I don't know if they're going to risk that with the star quarterback. I'm going to go with the Cowboys on the road to win this game. The Buffalo Bills take on the Bengals in Cincinnati. The Bengals two and a half point favorites uh, over the Bills. Yeah, home team Bengals. If this game was in Buffalo, I'm taking the Bills. And this one with the Bengals being the home team, Joe Burrow looking really good. Very good game out of him last week. He's back. I'm going to go with the Joe, the Joe Burrow-led Cincinnati Bengals at home. Joe Burrow. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Houston Texans and Texans in Texas in search of their third loss being snapped. They're trying to snap this streak, in which would make four consecutive losses on Sunday. The Bucs, three-point road underdogs. Yeah, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Two of their three wins so far this season have been inside of domes. You had the Vikings game. You had the Saints game. They've got another dome coming up. This Sunday against Houston Texans at Energy Stadium. So give me the Buccaneers and a much-needed victory to go on to 4-4 four and four and tie the NFC South there. At least be right there at the end of this week before the Falcons have their bye week next week. This is a must-win for Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles has to win this game. Baker Mayfield and the Bucs look back to normal. I think they win by maybe a touchdown or so. Maybe 8, 9 points somewhere there. Maybe upwards of 10. But I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here in this one. Now, Monday Night Football, the Los Angeles Chargers take on the New York Jets. The visiting Chargers, three-and-a-half-point favorites as we round out another week of our picks. Yeah, I'll take the Chargers in this game. The Jets have been winning these close games, but again, the Giants are not even close to how good the Chargers' offense is. Although the Jets' offense is, is terrible, their defense is very good. Even if you shut down Justin Herbert, he's still going to put up at least 20 points, and I think that's enough to beat the Jets on any given Sunday. So give me the Chargers in that game. The Chargers, I think they're such a talented team. They're just not coached very well. Um, the Jets, led by Zach Wilson, hasn't been pretty this year. I know that the added motivation of Aaron Rodgers being out there, dropping back, throwing passes helps, but not enough to beat the Chargers here at home. I'm going to go with the Chargers on the road here on Monday Night Football. And without further ado, that rounds out our picks. We'll keep you guys posted heading into next week. Thank you guys for subscribing, liking, commenting, who you agree with, who you disagree with. We welcome all of that in the comments down below.